Hello, my friends. You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you, and we'll be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how Grit and Grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, all right, let's ladies, get started. This is going to be a really interesting podcast for you. And for those men that are listening, this applies to you too. So pay attention because today we are going to be talking about the H word. Yes, that's hormones. I don't know what you guys were thinking, but I'm talking about hormones. And this is for, we're going to specifically be talking about women and how hormones impact all aspects of our life and and specifically around how it impacts our body's ability to move, but also how it affects everything else like sleep and food and all the things that really we need to do to survive to be our best. And the reason why this is important for men too, and we may talk a little bit about men, but also because a lot of you men have women in your life and you need to know, you know, what this might mean. And this is going to be some really great information that you're going to want to share far and wide. And I'm mostly excited because I have Megan Casey back with me today. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, Megan. Um, you know, I'm excited to talk about this topic of hormones and I, I'm mostly excited to talk about it with you because this is our third podcast together. That's really exciting. I can't believe it's already been three. I know. And if you, I think our first one was in the summer, right? It's been, well, this is two, this is, I don't even know what month we're in February of 2019. We're at the end of February. And our first podcast, I think we recorded in June. So it was like eight months ago. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I know. Eight months. <laughs> I know. And so if you guys don't know who Megan Casey is, you need to go back and listen to at least our latest one, which I, I can't tell you the number, but it was somewhere in the fall, or contact me uh, and I will hook you up with that podcast because Megan is a wealth of information and we talk about really important things. And what I like the most about Megan is she takes her practical knowledge around personal training and nutrition and applies it into real life. So it's more than just how you move your body at the gym and more than just, you know, how many calories you consumed in the day. It's about inspiring yourself through your body and your nutrition to be your best. Did I summarize that well? Absolutely. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it is, it's, it impacts every area of our life. And in in fact, I'm, I'm preparing to do a presentation as you and I just talked about recently. And there's a, a part of that, that I focus on where I talk about how when things spin for me or get really busy, I exercise even more. And it's not because I have more time, I have less time. It's not because I, I have, you know, any sort of like rage I'm working out. It's because it keeps the normalcy going. And I strongly believe when you work on your body, it works on your mind. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to have the whole package. Otherwise, you're going to be a hot mess. Yeah. Well, I kind of am sometimes anyway. I think today's the, one of those days where as the day's gone on, my hair just has gotten bigger. I should take a picture. It literally looks like I have like 80s hair going today. <laughs> no, it's not too bad. It's good. <laughs> All right. So Megan, why don't you tell our listeners that haven't heard you before a little bit about your background and how you got into this field? All right. So I'm Megan, um, as Taverly said. Um, So my background, I've always been an athlete. Um, I mean, I started when I was a young kid playing sports. Um, I played basketball and ran track all the way through high school. And then I ran track as a division one athlete, um, as a sprinter. Um, So athletics and fitness have always been a part of my life. Um, Post-college, I 
you know, did bodybuilding, I did Spartan races, I've done all sorts of extreme stuff currently in the powerlifting world right now. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm a competitor at heart. Um, so through college, um, my first degree is in psychology um, with a minor in coaching. Got my master's degree in sport and exercise science with an emphasis in sports psychology. And through that, I was able to become um, a licensed therapist. So I'm actually licensed as an addictions therapist, which helps so much in what I do now. Um, so I did work with addictions for about eight years um, and found that that it wasn't my passion. It wasn't something I love to do. So I went back to school for nutrition um, and got my second bachelor's in nutrition. And I love it. I never feel like I'm working. Um, I get to help people figure out what's going on with them and, and fix their diet to fix their life. Um, and, and I realized that with the addictions, that plays a huge role in, in how everyone eats usually because it's we eat <laughs> because we're sad or we eat because we're mad or we eat because we're happy. And so it's been, it's been an interesting journey on using all of my skills um, to figure out how to help people change habits, change their life through food and, and healthier living. And I think that that's really the key of what makes you so unique is that you do have this psychology background and it definitely plays a role when talking about not diet in terms of like restriction, but what you eat. And I, I think it was our, one of our very first conversations you and I had when the light bulb went off for me when you said that, you know, people, what they eat is more a result of what's, what they're thinking, like what their state of mind is at the time, not, not just what their body needs. And I, I guess I never really thought of it that way because I'm an athlete like you. So I come from the idea that food is fuel. Absolutely. Right. But the majority of people don't see food that way. Food is a result of what that emotion is that they're feeling at the time. And I, I guess I find that really interesting. And that must be a big part of what you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll say, I'll say I've eaten because I was sad, or I've eaten because of other reasons. You know, my parents used to tell me to clean my plate. And so you take that into adulthood. And then you realize, okay, I don't have to stuff my face. Mm. Um, I can actually just stop eating when I'm full. Mm. I mean, <laughs> just, <laughs> just right there, that that's just such a little nugget of wisdom. Just when you're full, just stop eating. It's a simple thing. But we don't we feel guilt. Mm hmm. Because our parents said, clean your plate. <laughs> yeah, interesting. And I just want to let everybody know that um, we we use technology to its uh, greatest level of systems. And if we get a little bit of um, of mismatched voices here, it's just because the internet is not always perfect. And Megan and I are recording from afar. So uh, if you hear a little twitch in the noise, just don't worry. We'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Always, I just like to warn everyone, you know, life happens and, and Megan and I are rolling with it and we are recording um, through digital means today. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. So you have this big background in nutrition and sports and, you know, I think that you are definitely underplaying your, um, your competitive nature because didn't you just compete at something really big this year, end of last year? Yeah, in November, I competed at a drug tested worlds for powerlifting and I got second. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, uh, okay, just let's just say you got second in got, worlds in powerlifting. Yeah, it was that's tons. like a big woohoo. <laughs> woo yeah. I was so, so proud of you. That was amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it it's awesome. And so is your day to day, your your work, like what you do in your business is personal training, right? 
Yep, I do personal training. So I have my own business for personal training. Um, it's called Fitness Dynasty and Health. Um, I am the, I do some nutrition through that. Um, I am the nutrition director at Max Muscle. Um, so I do a ton of nutrition all through Max Muscle, which is a supplement store um, here in Colorado. Um, and then I also do mental coaching for athletes on the East Coast. So teaching them how to perform better through mental state. Um, most of my athletes are college and high school level. I do have a couple middle schoolers, but just learning how to think differently about sport and how they compete and how they come back from injuries and how their mental toughness is. Um, so that's a lot of fun. And then I just started acupuncture school. So we're adding that to the mix. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. <laughs> so you're going to cover the full sides of the spectrum, both, both the beginning, middle, and end, the mental, Absolutely. the body, the recovery. Yeah. Yep. Mind, body, spirit. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think that one of the um, biggest gains that I got from sports my whole life is was never about the physical. It was always about the mental resiliency that it built in me and, and the ability to participate as a team. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, those are lessons that when you don't, when you don't play and you know, I think it's, I don't know, maybe it's your and I's experience both, but we are both competitive people naturally. But when you play at a high level of competition in any activity, you have to have mental resiliency because not every day is a win. And that's, that's hard. Yeah. And you have to learn how to take the losses and learn from them. And I think that's a life skill. So <laughs> it's so fun working with these athletes and being like, okay, but you can also apply this outside of life and learning and watching them change through like their schooling and their interactions with other people, just because we're talking about the mental aspect of sport. Yeah, definitely. I see that so much. And it's, it's just an interesting topic and we've kind of gone off topic, but that's, it's, it's an important thing. And I think about that in business, look at how hard it is being an entrepreneur. I mean, yeah. you're building a business, I'm building a business, that resiliency that we learned in sports, I know for sure is a big part of what has gotten me through today. Oh, absolutely. The pushing just a little harder when you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into hormones. Are you ready? Yes, hormones. Hormones. Yeah. So this is so interesting to me in so many levels. First of all, those of you that know my story know that, you know, I, I like to just say that I have half the organs that I was born with. So my body doesn't naturally make any natural hormones. So I have to take a type of hormone therapy to put any hormones in my body, which means I don't even make something like testosterone. So, you, you know, if, if you think about that in the big scheme of things, it's, it's, you know, that's a heavy impact on me, but it's also a conversation that so many women are uninformed about, right? right. Well, they ask all the time, you know, questions about their mood fluctuations and especially women in their forties. You know, I, I, my network of, of women are, you know, forties and fifties, some thirties, but as we transition in our age, our hormones change so much. And I, I feel like there's not enough information out there on what that does to our body as our hormones change. And but besides me, cause I know I'm kind of the abnormal case. Absolutely. So a lot of a lot of my clients are women. They're coming to me because they work out hard and they're eating healthy and they just don't know why their body isn't changing. Um, and so it's interesting to kind of for me to experiment with them and see what we can do through food, which we can't always fix it. That's that's what we have to understand. It's like we can't always fix it through food. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do have to do supplementations and sometimes we just have to get to a place where we accept that that's where our body is and live as healthy as we can, um, which is really hard for some people to do. It's like my body doesn't want to do this. And unless I put exogenous hormones into it, it's not going to work efficiently for me. 
Um, so I think the first one you mentioned was testosterone. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women may hear that and be like, well, isn't that a male hormone? Why does it matter if your body produces it or doesn't produce it? Um, so women that are, I mean, even in their 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, premenopausal, menopausal, um, have dieted a lot, may not have testosterone. Mm. And, and that's a huge deal because if you're walking around feeling super tired all the time, that could be a sign of low testosterone. If, you know, you go to the gym and you find your body isn't recovering well, or you're not able to put on muscle, or you're not able to lose body fat, all of those can be signs of low testosterone. And as women, we need testosterone. Okay, we got, we got to back it up a minute and talk about the hormones as a whole. What are, and let's just focus on women for now, but what are the main hormones that our body produces and what do they do? <laughs> That is a very broad, like, okay. I thought there was like three. There's like, yep, yep, exactly. So we're going to talk about like the key four that, that our, our bodies produce because there are so many hormones that we could go into. Um, so it's, oh yeah. So our pituitary, I think I, I can't even give a number right now about how many hormones like that we produce to do all sorts of things. Um, but the main ones we want to talk about are testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, and cortisol. Okay. So those are like the four key ones that we produce. Okay. Um, that's, that's a lie. I need to add a fifth one, your thyroid. Right. Because your thyroid is runoff of hormones. Right. There's so many. You had to okay, limit so, me. Okay, so <laughs> I'll limit. Let's limit to those five because I okay. think that most people, I, I, and I could be wrong, but I think that most people, none of those words are foreign to them. People are aware that we make these. Although I, I thought of cortisol as something different. So I'm really interested to hear about how these five hormones impact our bodies and what they do. Absolutely. Um, so where do we want to start with, with which one? Let's start with estrogen. Okay, so estrogen is primarily, we, we think of it as, as our female hormone. Um, so this controls all the female things about us, our cycle. It controls our mood. It controls how we sleep. It controls how we gain weight. It controls cellulite, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and if it, our PMS. So if you have really, really bad PMS, your estrogen could be out of whack. Um, when we start to go through menopause, our estrogen starts to go away, um, which creates this awful belly fat gain that a lot of women start to experience. And so if your estrogen is out of whack, um, you're, you're going to be gaining weight and you don't know why. Um, let's see, other things, depression. So a lot of times women will go to their doctor and they'll say, I'm just, I'm just feeling really depressed. And their doctor will prescribe them Wellbutrin or Prozac or one of the many antidepressants yeah. when that's not the problem. Is that something that can be checked by a blood test? Can they test your estrogen level? Absolutely. So the unfortunate thing with these hormones is if you don't ask for them to be tested for, a doctor will not test for them. And then you have to, if it's a primary care physician, you're going to have to argue with your doctor about why you needed it, why you need it tested for, you know, like what what is it that they're looking for and why they have to check that extra box in order to test for it. Um, so it can be a battle. Um, so that is something you have to stand up for when it comes to your doctors, because like I said, it's not something that they're going to check the box for because some insurances may or may not cover it. So what about food? Is there food that can enrich our estrogen levels? Um, 
In general, yes. Um, so things like having a high fat diet, and that's going to be kind of a key component for all of these hormones. So hormones are created from fat and cholesterol. So if we have a low fat, low cholesterol diet, we are not going to produce our own hormones. Mm. So the low fat fat of the 80s and 90s has created what I call like a hormone chaos in the female body. You see women, so many thyroid issues, so much crazy weight gain. And, and it's interesting that it came with a low fat diet when people thought that was the healthy way to go. That is so interesting. That, I mean, if you just think about mainstream diet fads over the years, how much damage we've done to our body over time. And is it just because we didn't know better at the time? Is that, was that research just didn't tell us that about estrogen and fats? Um, yes and no. And I think research is, I think it's getting better, but research was swayed by sugar companies and by other companies that were like, okay, we want to boost our market. So let's boost it by demonizing fat so that we, so we, we flavor food with two different things. We flavor it with sugar and we flavor it with fat. So if we're no longer flavoring it with fat, then we're going to flavor it with sugar. So the sugar companies can increase their market. Um, there's actually studies found that Harvard researchers were paid to do by the sugar companies to demonize saturated fats. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I think that was in the either late 80s or early 90s. That is such a big conversation we could have on another podcast about how all these big companies really make, you know, predictor type of changes to what's going to plague our society down the road. Absolutely. Like we just oh my have no idea the damage we've done. Okay. So estrogen itself, if, if, if a woman starts to feel changes in mood or body, especially as they start becoming premenopausal or probably um, post-pregnancy as well, right? And Absolutely. that might be a whole nother topic, but anything that has to do with those types of fluctuations, you know, could be related to estrogen. And if you happen to get your doctor to agree to do a hormone level test, which I have not done and I am determined to do now that I've started spending more time thinking on this and reflecting upon my own body, I am absolutely going to upon it. What do they do if, you're, if they can find your estrogen levels are low? So back a couple seconds. So if you can't get your doctor um, to do the blood work, you can actually order your own blood work online mm. um, at private MD labs. So you go on, you click a couple buttons and you say, I want these tests done. And then you can just go into LabCorp or Quest Diagnostics and you will actually just get your own blood work done. Wow. Are you kidding me? How did I not know this? Right? How did you not? How have I never told you that before? And is it, is it expensive or is it affordable? It's affordable. So I think if you wanted like the entire hormone cholesterol panel, I think the most expensive one is probably $300. But if you just wanted to get like your basic one of like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and thyroid checked, I think it's around $100. Oh my gosh, that is so affordable. Okay, we're going to put the link to how to do your own blood work tests in the show notes because I think that that is so critical. It's so huge. It's yeah, it's amazing that we don't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so keep going. Sorry, that was a little tangent. I'm just shocked and I need to have my estrogen checked. <laughs> right. Um, so balancing estrogen levels. So 
it's hard because it may be too much or it may be too little estrogen and we never really know. Um, doing a lot of fiber. So fiber is another good thing. So women need about 30 grams of fiber a day, but this will help balance cholesterol as well as your blood sugars, which will all help balance estrogen levels and all hormone levels. Um, magnesium is a good supplement that you can take or taking magnesium rich foods. So like leafy greens or cacao, um, to help balance your electrolytes. Um, like I said, the healthy fats, um, fermented soy products. So I like to be careful with soy. So soy acts very estrogenic in your body. Right. But if you have low estrogen, adding a little bit of soy products can help boost your estrogen naturally. Hmm. Um, but being very cautious of that because you don't want too much estrogen either. So what would happen if you had too much estrogen? And is this common? Is that a thing? Um, it, it can be a thing. So um, high estrogen, so severe PMS. Um, again, trouble losing weight. So is the weight gain from high estrogen or is it from low estrogen? We don't really know. Um, it can also be the mood swings can be from high estrogen. So some people are very estrogen dominant. So I'm one of those estrogen dominant people. Um, I didn't know that until I got my blood work done. Um, so being estrogen dominant, one of my primary things was a lot of cellulite. Okay. Like I did bodybuilding shows and until I was 10% body fat, I would have cellulite. Really? Yeah. So okay. um, one of the biggest things that I started doing for that is taking a supplement called DIM. Um, so D-I-M. So comes from cauliflower. Um, and it's, it basically helps us metabolize estrogen. So utilize the estrogen that's in our body more efficiently and then boost our natural testosterone. So what's a normal range of estrogen numbers? Oh, gosh. You don't you know. know. Off the top of my head, I don't know that. We number. can include that. We can include that too. Or, or people can contact you if they want to look at, you know, more information on what the range is for hormones. I'm only curious because I think that I think that a lot of women are probably going to listen to this and then go get their hormones le hormone levels checked. Yep. And so we'll include something in the show notes so people can reference back to that. Absolutely. Yep. I'll get that for you. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting about DIM. Um, so that helps your body absorb it at the time or utilize it? Utilize it is a better word. So we may have, so being estrogen dominant, you're, you have a lot of estrogen in your body that your body isn't using basically, which causes all the chaos. Okay. So this helps you metabolize that estrogen, break down the estrogen and utilize it more efficiently. Gotcha. By doing that, it helps boost natural testosterone. Because testosterone and estrogen go hand in hand. Okay, so let's let's move on to testosterone then, because that's that's obviously the one that I'm interested in. <laughs> I want to hear more about that. Right. So testosterone for females, again, it could be linked to not sleeping well. It could be linked to hot flashes. It can be linked to um, low libido. It can be linked to um, low energy. Um, and, and recovery, it could be linked to not losing weight. So all of those could be testosterone issues. So after I did my, my bodybuilding shows, because I was so depleted for so long, um, when I got my blood work done like a year later, I think my testosterone level was like a two. Mm. So that number for women should be between 50 to a hundred would be a healthy testosterone number. Um, so I started doing, um, I went to a homeopath. He put me on magnesium and then a couple of other 
He put me on DIM. That was one of the supplements to help boost my natural testosterone. Um, DHEA can be another one that can help. So DHEA is a precursor to testosterone. So you can just buy it at any supplements shop. You would take like 25 milligrams to start. Um, and it'll be turned into testosterone. But again, you want to make sure that you're not increasing your estrogen along with that. So taking something like DIM along with it would help balance the two. Hmm, interesting. It sounds complicated, actually. I, I, I think that that's maybe part of the reason why women don't necessarily know all the details of this because it's, it's kind of complicated because one fuels the other, right? They're all connected. So that's the hard part when people get like exogenous hormones. So they get the bio T pellets or they take a cream or they take a shot. You can't just impact one. They all come from the same place. They all come from your pituitary gland. So if you impact one, there's going to be this cascade of all of them changing balances so it is complicated. And then that's the unfortunate thing is a lot of primary care physicians don't know the complication of it. And so they're like, yeah, let's give you bio T pellets and see what happens. And some people feel great on them and some people start gaining weight and then they can't figure out why their thyroid is crashing. So it's, it's scary. Yeah. I think that there are so many things that happen in women's bodies that are related to hormones that are not addressed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I have several examples of friends of mine, you know, one of them I was recently speaking to about this and she, you know, she eats really well, she exercises like a huge amount and she's super strong and she can maintain muscle, but she actually can't lose fat. She can't lose fat and she, she eats so well. I mean, this is, to me, this is for her, one of the most frustrating things. In, in fact, just even talking about it, she cries because mm -hmm. to live on the cycle of always working so hard to, to fuel your body, to eat the right foods, to take the right vitamins and to exercise the right amount and not be able to change the way her body looks, it's, it's devastating. Right. And, and then what we find ourselves doing is decreasing our calories and increasing our exercise, yeah. which is just causing more damage to our hormones. It's just causing our body to work harder and shutting those systems down. So the, yeah, like I just, I feel like that's why I feel like this is, I'm so passionate about this topic. And the more I learn about it, the more I'm just shocked at what I don't know. So right. much that I don't know. So, okay. So before I continue on that path, tell us about the other one. So we talked about estrogen and testosterone. Yep. Well, what about progesterone? What, I don't even know what that is. So progesterone actually helps balance out estrogen. So there they go. Those two go hand in hand. So if your progesterone is too high, you'll probably have too low of estrogen and vice versa. They have to be very balanced. So um, women with PCOS is something I see a lot. So polycystic ovarian syndrome mm. um, usually have very, very high estrogen and low progesterone. Um, and and with, with that, so unfortunately, a lot of women will hear that PCOS and they'll be like, oh, that's probably me. Um, it's also an increase in um, androgens, which is your testosterone. So you tend to get male issues, like you get start growing whiskers out of your chin. And so I actually had a client this morning that we've been working together for 12 weeks. She has lost zero pounds. Um, she's eating really clean. She does powerlifting. Um, so she's working out hard. She's lost a lot of inches, but her weight has not changed at all. And she's like, you know, I was 
in my car the other day and I noticed like I had this whisker growing out of my chin. And for me, that's like a buzz, like, okay, you need to go get your hormones checked because clearly something's wrong. And she's only 34 years old. Mm. Um, so with PCOS, if you're, like I said, if your estrogen is too high, testosterone's too high and progesterone's too low, like losing weight is almost impossible until you can get those balanced out. So it's like a little, it's like a maze of like you add something in somewhere and everything else changes and then you have to relook at it and then add something else in somewhere. Absolutely. Which is why I started acupuncture school, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I feel like I can only do so much with food and supplements and I feel like there's another piece missing and I don't know if it's acupuncture, but I feel like balancing your hormones from like the inside out somehow mm-hmm. without adding like extra exogenous hormones and and trying to find find out what it is. Right. So, and I don't think I, I let you finish this part or ask you the question about how people can increase their testosterone. So we talked a little bit about um, different supplements you can take to help your body m- metabolize more estrogen. But what about like testosterone and progesterone? If you, if you take your levels and you find out that you're low in, in terms of what the average should be in those areas, is there a natural way or a healthy supplement way to increase them? Because people think testosterone, they think, okay, steroids. Right, exactly. And, and I'm a, I've mentioned this before, I'm a drug-tested athlete, so yeah. I do not take steroids. And so DIM is one of those that is natural, that'll help boost your natural testosterone. Um, again, eating high-fat diet, eating, making sure you're getting fats and cholesterol. So eating the yolk of an egg, eating lean meats that do have some saturated fat in them, um, increasing your fiber intake, um, things like olive oil, coconut oil are going to help a ton. The leafy greens, like those should be key components to your diet. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And how about, how about the, like the topical, like lotions you can put on your body that have hormones in them? Are they effective? They absolutely are effective. Um, however, again, we're adding an exogenous hormone. So, we're so asking, what does that mean? What does that mean when you say, what's that word exogenous? I've just learned a new word tonight. Yep. So it is taking, it is putting a hormone from outside your body to inside your body. So it's uh. not that we've created as our own body. So again, you put the cream on and your body may process it and utilize it exactly how it's supposed to, or it may create chaos in your body because your body doesn't know what to do with that exogenous hormone because it didn't create it. And so it can have other repli- like implications on it. Um, you could start developing acne from it. You could, you know, depends on how high your testosterone gets. Like we always worry about all those things and keeping our femininity. Yeah. So it's, again, it gets back to the fact that this, these are complicated topics. Yeah. It's not just a eat this and you're and it's better um i wish it was that simple because if it was the girl that i was working with this morning would have lost weight yeah Mm -hmm. and like i said she lost a ton of inches which our body also tends to do when it's in a hormonal imbalance is we can lose inches like i think she lost like four or five inches off of her waist not a single pound gone so strange yeah it's amazing how our body gets to this set point and just wants to stay there yeah. So, okay. So let's go on to the other. So there's two others that you mentioned. So talk to me about cortisol. Cortisol. So this is your stress hormone. Um, so if you're not sleeping enough, um, if you're eating a lot of processed foods, 
if you're overtraining, um, if you're not eating enough food, you're going to increase your cortisol. Um, it's okay to be stressed sometimes, you know, that fight or flight response where we have to get something done, something needs to be taken care of. But I think as Americans, we live in that state. Mm. And so our cortisol goes in this constant state of it's on and it's on all the time. And we don't do the things that we need to in order to bring it back down, like meditating, doing yoga, taking a hot bath, shutting our phones off, shutting our computers off, disconnecting for a little bit so that we can actually recharge and bring those stress levels down. Right. Yeah, I think that there are so many ad adverse effects to that overall long term, more than just how it's going to impact all of our hormone levels, but our whole bodies are in, in states of shock when we're, when we're releasing high amounts of cortisol. It's not good. No, it's not good. I mean, it can cause your hair to fall out. It mm -hmm. can, you know, give you, you know, disease because our body is too busy worrying about the the imminent danger that it's under because that's what stress is, is we're under danger. That's what it evolutionary was supposed to be is fight or flight. We're either going to run away from the bear. Or we're going to fight the bear. Yeah. So if our body thinks we're doing that, it's not going to be building the other hormones. So if our cortisol is higher, other hormones are going to start to crash because if we can't survive the bear attack, it doesn't really matter if yeah. we're dying or not, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so cortisol, I mean, the answer to cortisol is you need to give your body some grace and you need Absolutely. to take time to recharge your batteries and recover and rest, all of that. And, and you and I both know how important that is. And I live life like that. I, I have to schedule it in sometimes. I'm not always very good at it, but I know when I'm reaching a point that I don't feel good, I know that that's 100% why. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I had a shutdown day yesterday. I was like, I need to just take a break and I need to recharge myself. I need to go to the gym and, you know, spend time there and just spend time with my dog and not talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's the answer. And for everybody, it's different, but you have to recognize that your body does need that. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, okay. So what's the fifth one? Thyroid. Oh so, my. I know the imminent thyroid. So yeah. people that are gaining weight for no reason, Again, all this is, includes weight gain um, and inability to lose weight. Um, so weight gain, exhaustion, like sleeping 12 hours a night and you just can't, like you don't have the motivation. It kind of feels like depression. Um, hair loss or hair thinning are huge. Um, one thing when I am meeting with a client um, and if I'm looking at them, I'll always ask their, their eyebrows is where you can really notice it. If the outside part of their eyebrow doesn't exist, I'll always ask if they pluck it that way. Um, because if they don't pluck it that way, their thyroid is probably out of balance. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. You're never going to look at someone the same again. <laughs> I'm not. I was just looking at it like I'm picturing my own eyebrows, which are very full. So I'll clearly I don't have a, a thyroid problem, but that's a really interesting tool. And if you find that somebody is missing hair in that area, like what, what do you say? What do you do? I start asking about their blood work. You know, have you had your thyroid tested? A lot of them will say yes. So most blood panels will test what's called your thyroid stimulating hormone. So your TSH. Okay. Um, unfortunately, if your thyroid is out of whack, it doesn't always mean your TSH is going to be out of whack. So a lot of times they'll go in and their TSH is in normal levels and the doctors don't check the actual thyroid hormones, which is T3 and T4. So 
ask your doctor. Again, be informed of the things that you want checked. Um, if they argue with you, you tell them it's your body and you get to have your own blood work done and, and fight for yourself. Yeah. Um, so if those T3 and T4 are still in the levels, you need to make sure the ratio is good. Um, off the top of my head, I can't give the ratio, but they may still be experiencing, you know, those, those symptoms of thyroid issues and all their blood work looks normal. That's so why doctor, but doctors should know that if they, if you ask, even if they didn't know that, that there was an issue and you, you know, you were able to convince them to run those tests. If those tests came back abnormal, I'm, I'm, and I can tell by your face that this is not the case, but I must, I, I have the assumption that they know that there's a problem and know how to fix that. Uh, no, not even close. Um, and I'm not saying all doctors because yeah. there are some amazing doctors out there. Um, but sometimes the T3 and the T4 on their little chart will read in the normal level. And so they're like, there's no problem. You're fine. You're imagining it. They'll tell you you're not seeing those symptoms and they'll, they'll argue with you. And it's really frustrating for people when you go in and you, you know, something's wrong, your hair is falling out, you don't have energy and yet your blood work is completely normal. There's quotes in that um, according to their standards, but the ratios may be off or it may not be normal for you. So I always find it super important to get blood work done early. So if you have children, get them done when they're like 21. So you know what their normal is. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that the other thing that often happens, and I've heard this story a couple of times in the last few weeks that I know you've heard this a lot, is if women go in and they're overweight mm -hmm. and they start talking about these problems, it's, it's, it's the automatic assumption that the doctor goes to, oh, well, all of your problems are caused because you're overweight, so you should just eat better and exercise. And I, it's, that's devastating to so many women because- Especially when they're eating well and exercising. <laughs> But imagine what, and, and then the psyche part of that, like how much that impacts your brain and your heart and your spirit to know that you're doing all of the things that, you know, you know, you're supposed to be doing to take care of yourself, but yet you're not getting the results. And then you go to your doctor and they're judging you by your size, not, um, not helping you. And I, I, I know that we're speaking broadly, so not all doctors are like this. And I have friends that are doctors and I know that this isn't the approach that they would take, but in the, in the vast majority for women in that position, that happens. Absolutely. It happens all the time. And then it's also, you know, doctors prescribe medications. Mm. So they're going to give you Synthroid or Levothyroxine to help boost your TSH or suppress your TSH because your TSH is high and, and then you're still having symptoms. And the doctor's mm -hmm. like, well, you shouldn't be. Your, normals are, your blood levels are normal. And again, it's more like it's just taking away their power and just it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. So, so what do you recommend? Let's, I mean, give us the general idea. If, if somebody does their, their levels and they're able to compare it to the, the norms, which you and I are going to share in the, in the show notes and something is off, what do they do? So the first thing is make sure that your diet is where it needs to be. So eating protein, making sure you're eating enough, but not too much. Um, so don't try not to eat over your body weight in grams of protein. That's not necessary. So if you weigh 140 pounds, try not to get over 140 grams of protein. Um, the healthy fats. So making sure you're balanced in that, making sure that you're still eating carbohydrates. So those are totally fine to eat, especially for thyroid issues. Um, if we starve our thyroid, it's not always going to be the best thing because that could have been what created the problem in the first place. 
Um, eating enough fiber, like I said, 30 to 40 grams a day of fiber is going to help with your, your metabolism. Drinking enough water. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be like my dietary things. Um, and then, you know, depending on what the hormonal issue is, see if there is a, an over-the-counter supplement that can help boost your natural levels. Um, there are supplements that can help boost thyroid levels. Um, if you're vegan, they may not work because they do have pig thyroid in them. Um, but they help your body utilize that thyroid tissue to boost your own thyroid functioning. Mm. And then, of course, we talked about DIM um, and magnesium, I think, is something good that all women should take. And oh, absolutely. If I'm wrong, but it should be a part of your vitamin regimen. Yep. Well, I feel like there's so much more we should talk about, but we are almost out of time. And this is such a big, this is such a big topic. So, I, I mean, I want to summarize by telling people that especially women, you're not alone. If you suspect that there is something different in your body that's not working right and you know that you're eating well and exercising well and something is just doesn't feel right or you don't feel good or you have a, a loss of energy or especially if you feel like you're losing hair or not able to gain or lose weight properly, check your levels. Like take, take control. I mean, I think that that's the most important part of this conversation is take control of your health. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Megan, how I know that women will have questions, more questions about this. How can they find you if they would like to even just ask you a question about this podcast or or the services you offer as a nutritionist or a personal trainer? Um, So I am on Instagram at fitness underscore dynasty. Um, you can, can we put the, my email somewhere on this? I'll, I'll put, I'll put your email in the show notes too. Yeah. Absolutely. So my email, probably one of the best ways. And then also on Facebook at Megan Casey. All right. I'll put all your information in there. And I I cannot tell you how much I appreciate us. I feel like we actually just started the conversation and this is a small piece of it. And and what I, what I've been aiming to do is find more doctors that really are willing to have this conversation because this is, this is important. And if I, in my day-to-day life am experiencing half of my female friends have some type of hormone related issue, we have a problem that's not being addressed. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're always amazing to talk to. I feel like it goes, time goes by so fast and we could keep talking and and we are going to talk about this again. But Megan, you know, I have one more question for you, even though we're talking hormones today. Yes. (laughs) My, my, my question for you is what is your percentage of grit and grace today? A (laughs) hundred percent. So you're 50, 50 of each. 50, 50 of each. <laughs> it's so funny. My days are different. I'm, I'm actually feeling more graceful today, Megan, than I am gritty. And you know that I sit like 80% grit, 20% grace most Absolutely. of the days. Absolutely. And today, today I feel like 80% graceful. Isn't that, that's a oh, nice that change. Nice. That's I know. I'm like 50, 50 today. <laughs> that's good. I could tell you have such a nice smile today. <laughs> Well, thank you again. And, and we appreciate, you know, all the great information you continue to bring to our listeners. And I am going to open it up to all of you. If you guys have questions related to any of the topics on hormones or nutrition related or fitness related, you know, hit me up with those questions. If you are listening to this on the ladieschitchatclub.com, you're going to see that there's a, a box below that you can post a comment or my name is highlighted and you can send me a direct email and I will always respond to any questions or topic suggestions. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please make sure that you give us, you know, give us a rating, you know, let us know what you think of the show and, and it helps us just reach more people. So we appreciate that. And Megan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, do not forget to visit our new subscription box site, Grit, Grace, and Glory at gx3box.com. There you can find out how you can sign up to receive monthly inspiration, education, and some special stuff to help celebrate you. And the best part is every box will have a contribution to a nonprofit or a social enterprise because we all know we like to be our best and give back to the community at the same time. So don't miss out, gx3box.com.